Hello, people of God. I want to give a big welcome back to all you who listened to our first episode. And if this is your first time, welcome to you as well. We're glad you're here. We really appreciate all the support we got on our first episode. And, you know, we hope to continue to create lots of good content for for y'all. And we are new to this this process of, of creating a podcast. So we're constantly trying to learn how to refine things, make them more captivating for the audience and lessen our technical difficulties. So again, we appreciate your patience in this process. But today we have a great episode discussing what Elijah coined the descent of man. Thank you for joining Elijah, Drew, and I today as we dig into the second part of Romans 1. You are listening to Conversations with Scripture, where we speak about the Word of God and we let His Word speak to us. Welcome back to the second episode of our podcast. We're going to continue where we left off. And we're just going to dig into the scripture a little bit. I'm going to start at Romans uh, 1, verse 18, and I'm going to read through verse 25. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and to four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. This is a very uh, hefty section of scripture. Uh, And uh, I have actually a unique perspective on this different than um, last time we, we had this recording. So I've been recently watching YouTube videos uh, from Stephen Meyer. And I know Drew and I have talked about Stephen Meyer a little bit before. Um, he is kind of like taking charge, the head of a movement back towards intelligent design in, in the world. And he's doing so trying to do that uh, sort of apologetic work from science itself, from uh, natural observation, trying to convince evolutionists that we must believe that there was a, a, an intelligent designer because creation bears witness and i think uh what we're getting to in this 
chapter is what a lot of philosophers and uh, church theologians really hold in high regard. This chapter is about uh, general revelation. It's about God giving us something in creation that points us to him. Not only do we have word, the, the Bible itself that points us to God, the um, specific revelation, I think that's the term, but we have the general revelation of God's creation that points us to know we have a creator. There is a God who formed everything because without him, there could be nothing. There could be nothing without an ultimate cause to form everything. And that is, I believe if my philosophy is right, that's called the um, cosmological argument for the existence of God. Um, Elijah, I know you have some good thoughts on this section that we've talked about before. So if you want to um, pick up where I left off and if you want to read the rest, and then uh, sort of give your insight on the section. Do that. Yeah, so starting there at verse 26, then. Uh, I want to actually want to read 25 again. Start there and then go. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God gave them up to vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind, to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, loud, boasters, or, or proud boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, Implacable, or is that implacable? I, I think it's implacable. Implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Yeah, so if you didn't know what sin was, <laughs> you know, just go ahead and read through 29 and 31 uh, that's that's just about it um but like uh jordan was saying when i read through this passage i've read through it many times of course but when i read through this passage a few weeks ago in preparation for this podcast um i saw a progression and i i don't want to go too long on this because i want to get everyone else's opinions but I want everyone to recognize 
the progression. They knew of God. They didn't glorify God as God. They didn't, they weren't thankful for the knowledge they had of him. They knew that Jesus was God. They knew that God created heaven and earth uh, and that he had provided a way of escape for them. They weren't thankful. So they started to practice idolatry um, in many different ways, not even necessarily, um, I would say, very specific. Like, they, they, yes, they went and worshipped Baal, idolatry. No, they started to make the things that they were using to make sense of the world without God. They began to worship those things as if they were God. And I really think that's what Paul is getting at in verse 23. And he says, they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into the image made like unto corruptible man. And then a bunch of other things. They were trying to make sense of their world without God. And they, be, they became idolaters in doing so. Yeah. Then God gave them up to themselves. God said, all right, if you want this, I'll let you go a step further because we have our free will. So God gave them up to uncleanness, to the lust of their own hearts. So it was that first level. I know there's not necessarily um, levels of sin or tiers of sin, one sin being worse than another. Um, God will judge them all. But he said, okay, you can, you can do what you want. Have the uncleanness of your heart. Um, the lust of your heart. So then they go a step further. They change the truth of God into a lie. So not only are they idolaters, but now they are just absolutely removing God from the equation. If they're lying about God, they're blasphemers. Right. So I want to make sure I'm getting the overall here. The first step was on man. The second step was God allowing man to do more evil because free will. The second, the third step was then man taking that next step into uh, unrighteousness. So then it says that for this cause, and notice every single time it says for this cause, or wherefore God. So then verse 26 says, for this cause, God gave him up to vile affections. So it's not just uncleanness. It's vile things. These are um, very, very just complete opposition to scripture, to holiness. Um, it's not maybe just for an example, it's maybe not just a little white lie, but this is blatant, outright homosexuality in this case um an abomination against god so god then decided all right if you're going to take it a step further i have to let you he's bound by his by creation order to allow us to do what we want which is a scary thing so 
He gives them over to themselves. And this is the, the scariest thing about it is that they didn't, in verse 28, they didn't want to even retain God in their knowledge. That's what being reprobate is. It's not that you are completely gone and God has eliminated your ability to um, be saved. You can come back from being reprobate. I believe it. But it's the fact that it was your personal choice to not retain God in your knowledge that made you that way. Yeah. To do those things which are not convenient. And then it lists all of those sins. Um, yeah. And so I, I called it this descent uh, of man and what can happen if you allow yourself to keep going down the path of unrighteousness, the path of sin. This will happen. So as a, a warning here, Paul gives us this progression in, in plain sight. And I believe in plain language um, to, to give us a warning. Mm -hmm. What would you all have to, what do you guys think about that, uh, that, that progression? Do you think it has to be that way? Do you think, you know, what's your thoughts? I think that's kind of the nature of how, Paul's writing, it is a universal um, kind of degradation. And it is, I think that's, yeah, he's talking, I think, historically. I think he's talking uh, about the process of man falling away from worship in God generally throughout history. Uh, from you know after adam and eve in the garden they fell away and then idolatry came up and wickedness and sodom and gomorrah and all these things i think he's talking about it that way but i think he's applying it to the individual life sort of in a psalm one way you know where um stand in the council of the ungodly you sit in the seat of the scornful or um, however, I'm probably butchering that. There's a third one that I'm missing right now, but uh, it's a, pro it's a, it's a progress, a, a progressing thing. If you allow sin, like you said, if you allow sin to take root in your heart, it continues to grow and degrade off the conscience, which we'll learn about in Romans two the conscience that God has given us that draws us to him, the more sin, the more sin that we put in our life, the more it wears down on our conscience, the, the weight of sin, the burden of sin draws us away from God and uh, to vile affections. I believe, yeah, I believe it's a general thing in the history of the world that applies to for us, we don't want to get into this because once it starts song, it's just like I just said, the descent. And then to continue spiral um, downward. And so, also, it's important to reverse and realize okay, what we're doing with the world today, um, what we're dealing with now isn't. Uh, isn't something that 
it's just like, you know, oh, the devil's come up with some new tactic or some new strategy. No, it's Paul addressed it. Paul addressed it then. And even we can see in the Old Testament similar situations in old times. If we don't stand for truth, if we don't recognize these things in our life, we don't cut things out of people, um, make it stand again, um, this is what's going to happen. Not in our, not just in our lives, but in, in, in culture is just going to continue to fall down this path. People are going to continue to go down this road. If we don't stand and, like Paul said, be unashamed in the gospel of, of Jesus Christ. Um and I think the last thing that just stands out to me that when we talk about these things is I, I mentioned this when we did the recording last time, but um, that last word that Paul mentions unmerciful um, really stands out to me. And, and the reason for that is because, you know, it, it's completely contradictory to the message of the gospel of Christ. Now, obviously all of these things are immoral. All these things are terrible, but, leading to that unmerciful kind of attitude and mentality is the complete um, antithesis to what God came to do, who Jesus was. He came to die for everybody, no matter where they were at in their current walk at the time, he died for them so they could be saved. Yeah. So they could have an opportunity, so they could have an opportunity to be saved. And that was true mercy because in true grace, because, you know, they didn't deserve it. None of us deserved it because we are, our righteousness is as filthy rags. But, and this, when Paulus, you know, proud boasters, all these things, like in their minds, they're, they feel like they're doing right because it's what they want to do. And that anyone that would be contradictory to that, anyone that would, you know, that unmerciful, like, not showing mercy to others being so consumed with yourself and your own ideas and your own lifestyle and not and going mercy to others is the opposite of what jesus is supposed to be right um and so that's that's just what sticks out to me about those portions of scripture but also i think it's really important just to be aware of what's happening today and to look at those verses and say, okay, this isn't anything new, but that we have to take a stand. Yeah. I think what, what really stands out to me in this passage is the concept of pride. And we see in another place in scripture where sin is kind of boiled down to three things. The lust of the eye the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. And those three components kind of, once you ex kind of extrapolate that, those can cover every sin that, that we deal with as humanity. Um, but pride is so important because it's pride that, that denies the need for, for God. In our pride, we say maybe, yeah, God, I know you're there, but um, I want to make you in my image, if I could say it like that, um, because it started off, it started off, as scripture says, they knew God, yet glorified him not. Right. Why? Because 
they weren't putting him in his rightful place in their hearts, in their minds. If we were honest, we should praise God at every moment of every day because he is worthy because of all the good things that he has done. Right. Like we have deserved nothing. We should have been gone a long time ago, but God's grace and God's mercy has, has covered us. And you might say, well, some people think that God's grace and mercy was not present like it is in the New Testament and the Old Testament. I would say God was very long suffering in the Old Testament with those people. Absolutely. And even then, God's grace was so wonderful. And they, sh- they had a reason to praise God. But we turn away from God. We turn away from putting him in his rightful place of honor. And when we stop praising him, we open up ourselves to making God in our image, to blaspheming and changing God out to be something he's not making ourself God, promoting ourself and what we want above what God wants. God just wants to bless us. God just wants to take us from where we are in our brokenness, in our humanity and show us what life truly is living righteous, uh, a righteous life, a holy life. It's, it's the most blessed life. And ultimately in heaven, in uh, the life beyond, he wants to bring us into that, but it's our choice. And uh, I think a really wonderful uh, concept that C.S. Lewis gets out in one of his writings is, uh, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't know the exact quote, but he says something along the lines of, "There there will not be anyone in hell who is not there, um, but by their own choice, because the gates of hell are locked from the inside. What we see is through creation itself we have uh we have something that points us to god and every single person i believe every single person has the opportunity to respond to that that direction that tug from what they see and as romans 2 says from their conscience and walk towards god and and live their life towards god or they can reject that and lock themselves in the reality that they have chosen separation from God. It's our choice, whether we, we choose to live for God, live with God, or we choose our own choice of reality outside of, of God's design. Yeah. And something that just came to my mind we have the metaverse now <laughs> where we're making our own universe in our own image out of what we want to design it, how we want it to be trying to escape the reality and the truth of the creation that God has created. Yeah. And that is a terrible thing where we're opening up ourselves to, to sin and destruction because we're denying our creation that God has, has given us. 
Well, yeah. Well, you guys have any closing remarks? I don't need, I don't have anything, Jordan. That was really well said. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for hopefully watching if you would like to watch. Um, we'll be also uh, uploading our videos to YouTube if you are listening on a podcast app. Um, that'll help us out. Hopefully we'll get some money from advertisements that will help us further the production of this podcast, not for any benefit of our own, but only for uh, helping out this podcast. Maybe at least uh, help Jordan's flag stick to the wall. Yes. I need some, <laughs> I need some command strips. So I need a, like a dollar. So watch on YouTube, yeah. uh, help us out, but thanks for, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We hope it benefited you and bless your soul. Thank you.